Welcome to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to episode 19 of The Curious Capitalist, brought to you in association with the Connecticut chapter of Conscious Capitalism. Today we are joined by Dave Hammer, who is the executive director of the ICA Group. Dave, welcome along to The Curious Capitalist. Thanks so much. It's wonderful to be here. Let's dive straight in then. Tell me about ICA. Tell me about what you guys do at the ICA Group. So ICA is a nonprofit consulting company started in the late 1970s by a group of community organizers concerned about the impacts of deindustrialization in communities across the Northeast. And really it started with an idea of how do we use employee ownership as a way to save businesses in communities. And so really since 1977, that's what we've been doing. We've been using ideas of how to use uh, alternative forms of ownership. Um, They can be worker cooperatives, they can be employee stock ownership plans, they can be employee ownership trusts, nonprofit structures to both transform businesses and to create new businesses that really are centered around building worker voice, worker power, and worker wealth um, as a way to transform communities. So that's really the work that we do is to try to build, support, and scale and grow those kinds of businesses. So how did you get involved with ICA? How did you get to this point in your career? Yeah, so ICA for me was a, a bit of a departure, honestly. I had had a career actually in the labor movement doing research and analysis around organizing, supporting organizing campaigns in the labor movement, had worked in the steel workers, the garment workers, the healthcare workers, and was just looking for a change, looking for a way to use those skills to do something, and came across ICA. Uh, it was sort of in, you know, there was literally a job posting, and I said, what is this organization? This seems strange. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about employee ownership. But there had been a, um, actually had on the list of donors, there were a number of people who I knew who had donated to ICA Group as a, as a 501c3. And I said, well, if they like this place, it must be interesting. And so I applied. And that was 12 years ago. So joined as a consultant. Wow. Um, and then in 2013, our longstanding executive director left and, and I wound up taking over as executive director. What do you wish you'd known before you started out on that career path and ended up in the hot seat of executive? direct oh well <laughs> that that's too long a list honestly too <laughs> <laughs> we've only got 25 30 minutes dave you're gonna have to just <laughs> keep it short um, <laughs> yeah so i i think that to me the biggest lesson that i've learned is i've always sort of told myself that if you have more than three priorities you don't have any priorities that's a sort of a lesson i've learned or not even a lesson i've learned it's a mantra i've used and i've found that it like it to be true again and again and again, that really being focused on outcomes, so the things that you can focus on are the things that you're gonna change. And we're trying to do a lot with a very small organization. And that work is um, really requires a lot of focus and energy. So that has, you know, that was the lesson I kind of knew intellectually, but have been learning emotionally for the last seven years. What would you say has been um, your biggest success or one of the most memorable successes during your working career with ICA? 
So early on, the my successes and my sort of the work that I did is ICA was when I first started at ICA, it was much more of a consulting company than it is today. I'd say we've trans transitioned from a consulting entity to a development entity in the last five years. And so early on, the sort of the work that I got to do that was really interesting was a lot of these consulting projects where you just learned new and amazing things around sort of organizations that were trying to transform things. In the last few years, however, and I think one of the biggest successes and most important things we've done is we help businesses transition from being conventionally owned to being employee owned through lots of different models. Our focus is on smaller businesses. There's very few companies that focus on small businesses, less than you know five million. We work with all sorts of companies, but businesses with less than five million dollars in revenue tend to be our our core focus. There's not a lot of folks who support those types of businesses in this in this area. And so, over the last few years, what we've really done is we've really tried to build out a process that these companies that can go through that is efficient, that is affordable, that is successful. And so, it's really been a process of like process improvement of really to building out and refining a product from being something that's kind of individualized and, and each kind of one is a special little thing, which it's every project is special in its own way. But unless you have these sort of systems around how to systematize it and make it work efficiently, you wind up spending a lot of, of time and energy, which businesses don't have. They don't have they don't have the money, they don't have the time, they don't have the energy to do this. We've got to meet their needs. So the improvement of that process, which has really been led by kind of our core team of consultants in that area, that has been one of the most rewarding experiences for me personally. How did you first get involved with or hear about the conscious capitalism here in Connecticut? So it actually was got connected to this through one of our um, staff members who's actually based out of New York City and was attending events. And I had sort of been aware of conscious capitalism as as an idea, as, a, as, an, as an organization, but not had been you know closely connected to it. But Shelly Miller, one of our staff members, attended one of the events. And she after she attended, she said, Dave, these are the people. These are the people we need to talk to. Um, these are the folks who are thinking about business in the same way that we're thinking about business. And we really need to start figuring out how to engage and talk to them more. Shelly started going to a number of events and we started talking through uh, with them. But it was really it was really the, an introduction from from one of our staff members. Those events have been fantastic. They're so yeah. they're so well done and they, they are a pleasant experience you know and often you come away having learned so much and with so many great hooks and tips to to really sort of integrate into your business which is always good fun thinking about some of the key aspects of conscious capitalism one of which is a higher purpose what does it mean to you that your company has a higher purpose it's essential to what we do so we are a non-profit uh, organizations you know we are driven for around a mission and we operate as a business, right? So we are, um, I think, a pretty unconventional nonprofit in sort of a lot of our operational ways, uh, but it's really central to to what our vision is. And that, you know, so our, we, we focus on three areas. We talk about voice, we talk about wealth, we talk about power for workers, that the businesses that we are working with, we wanna center their voice. We wanna help build, you know, grow that wealth for, for those folks and build power for them. And so our work at ICA is really centered around those those three elements. And it's really about working with businesses to transform their operations to, to do that, which it turns out is good for the business and it's good for the workers and it's good for the community. You know, a business that is owned by its workers is rooted in that community because that's where they live. 
the workers are you know, committed to the productivity and growth and profitability and success of the business because they are directly tied, you know, their income, their stability, their livelihoods are directly tied to that. And when they put more energy into it, they get more energy out of it. And it's good for selling as owners because one of the things that we talk about a lot in our in our work is there's a lot of small businesses that wind up sort of disappearing or selling or closing because there's not a place to to sell it it's too small to really to be sold to a, a competitor but it's a great opportunity it's a good solid business it makes good profits it does well there are folks who work there who want to keep those jobs and what we can do is we sort of help folks realize that that's a possibility so when our work is is most successful when it's connected to that vision and we found lots of folks who sort of look at that idea of creating a different kind of business giving back to the employees transforming that the way that they think about their interaction with the employees that that can really really center it so it's it's central to who we are what sort of language would you use to describe that culture or does it have a definable character what sort of language would you use to describe it yeah it it does the the way i guess i would describe it best is its culture of participation and transparency the probably the best way to think about a sort of a successful participatory business is one where knowledge and information is seen as the lubrication to make things work as opposed to power to allow things to grow when information and knowledge shifts from being a mechanism of building power and becomes a mechanism for sort of a shared collaborative approach that's really where the real shift occurs and i think there's another element for us in that which is around democracy so we we talk a lot about democracy in our worker cooperative work Democracy can mean lots of different things. There's lots of different types of democracy. But to me, I say the two elements of a business that is, you know, transformed in this way is one that is really opening up and being transparent around information and knowledge and is trying to build out democracy, which is really about creating systems of rights and responsibilities. You know, when you have ownership you have a right around that but you also have a responsibility around that so it's doing more but it's getting more out of that um if a company wanted to make more of a shift towards being more conscious what would be your your advice to them so the first thing i think folks should really be thinking about when when they begin this shift is talking about um sharing information around the operations and the finances of the business. I always think that's the first step. I think it's the first step towards engaging people around kind of, of of how to engage with the company and it's the first step towards democratizing the sort of the information and the um the approaches of how a business operates. So I think the step of of sort of yeah that transition of of really opening up the door to what are the things that drive what we're doing? What are the things in terms of revenue in terms of costs and making sure everybody really understands that. To me that sort of understanding of that business strategy and having that be something that's broadly shared 
is almost that sort of first step towards towards taking that step. The challenge is that, you know, when you start adding into the sort of all of these different levels and issues around sort of there's there's lots of different, you know, levels of what conscious capitalism can mean. It can mean things around how the business operates internally. It can mean things around sort of what the outcome of what the business is doing, thinking about that sort of triple bottom line um, in terms of how we're operating internally, but also around the outcomes of what are we actually doing? What are the impacts? What are the implications of what we're doing as a business? And so I think a lot of those kind of external issues that people need to think about in order to really transform a business to, you know, to really be a really conscious capitalist business requires a pretty deep understanding on the part of management and the owners, but also the frontline employees around what that means. So to me, it's always that kind of that shared knowledge is the foundation of a lot of that power and a lot of that transformation for folks. Yeah, absolutely. Having that leadership and that vision to share with all employees you know from the most senior to the most junior and to be working on on that common aim so tell me when you're not focused on your work Dave what do you do to relax are you into tv sports what are your hobbies so I live in western Massachusetts actually um and uh it's a beautiful place and so when I get the chance before COVID I traveled a lot I was on the road a lot ICA works nationally so I was traveling a lot and so the idea was when you're not traveling, be at a place that is beautiful. So for me, it's about trying to get outside. It's trying to enjoy the the beauty. I'm, I'm probably less good on the winter side than I am in summer and spring and fall. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's yeah it's getting outside as much as I can, uh, enjoying the sort of natural beauty around this area. Have you been binge watching television at all during these uh, Corona times at all? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah. confession. Good confession. You tried to swerve yeah. it, but no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you my could best have... self is hiking. My 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 true self is is, is absolutely is, is binge watching uh, whatever the the latest show is. Honesty is the best policy, as my mum used to say. <laughs> uh, I think we're almost running out. I think I might just throw that question into more of these podcasts in the hope of getting some inspiration. Right. <laughs> no, we're very blessed to have some incredible summers here on in the northeast. So um, actually, we've been out and about more so than perhaps other years you know because we haven't been able to travel internationally yes so we've been getting out in nature away from people as much as possible and i'm sure come the winter um it's going to be a very different story what do you think has been your greatest success not just professionally but personally as well yeah so i will say on a on a personal level it does relate to sort of the, the professional side of things. So when I first became executive director of ICA, one of our board members made a point of saying, ICA has been around for a long time. It's had a lot of transitions, but one of the issues has been, it's really been the, the hobby horse or the vision of the current executive director. And it's gone through a lot of, of shifts and changes. And I really took that up as a challenge of saying, no, I wanna, I wanna build out an institution and organization that is gonna be moving towards creating more economic democracy in the United States. And it's going to be doing that in a really meaningful and, and powerful way. So when I started off at ICA, we had been a very successful three-person consulting firm for 10 plus years. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. And we did interesting, exciting projects every year. We made a real impact and it was, you know, it was a, it was a fantastic job. I don't want to sort of discredit that. I think it was really amazing, but it wasn't a big enough lever 
to shift the conversation in the way that I felt we could. And so we've grown over the last uh, six years to be about 20 people now. And and I think we are you know, becoming the, not just an institution in kind of some of the thought leadership and intellectual property that we've sort of developed and created over the years, but in terms of the work that we're doing. And so that has been one of the most rewarding professional experiences that I've had is, is that and it's been one of the most challenging ones. And, and we're not done. I like to think about mm-hmm. our, you know, we're a, I think, a 40, 46 or 45-year-old organization, 45-year-old organization, 44-year-old organization um, that's just beginning to enter into its uh, adolescence. Um, and so we're in our kind of like growing um, awkward phase in some ways uh, <laughs> at year 44. But it's been a really interesting uh, and, and, and rewarding process. And what about personally? What's been your greatest successes personally? Personally, it's got to be my kids. Uh, I've got two children, um, a uh, 13-year-old and an almost 10-year-old. And when I see them and the things that they're doing and the the lived experience that they have and the way that they interact with the world, I... Um, uh, it's it's easy to sort of give yourself like far more credit than I think probably parents <laughs> <laughs> deserve, um, but it's uh, it's been one of the sort of the biggest joys is just to see them grow and and this has just been a really exciting time for for them. Uh, you know, these, these ages have been a really difficult time because they've been, you know, because of COVID and the quarantine and all of that. Mm. Um, but how they've weathered that, you know, that has been, for me, the, the biggest thing is it's being that parent and knowing when to step in and knowing when to, to get out of the way. And I'm still figuring that part out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably will be forever. <laughs> more than likely, more than likely. Well, on the flip side of successes, there's always fears. What has been your greatest fear that you've ever faced in your life? So I'd say that the, on a professional level, the biggest fear is always one of not being able to fulfill the promise that we're making to the folks we're working with or to the people in the organization. So one of the things that, you know, as we've grown as an organization, one of the things that I've sort of made as a personal commitment is that if you're coming on at ICA, um, unless it's explicit that it's a contract position for a very short period of time, that this is a, a long-term job, you know, opportunity for you. And that requires not just, um, you know, means when you're sort of gr- growing the business that you're not just doing that for, we, we, we fund, we're funded by grants, we're funded by, you know, contracts as well, but we're funded by government contracts and grants are, are a big part of that. And those have a beginning and an end. And so really the, I guess the big fear is been, can we maintain the the organization to be able to make the the impact that we want to have and the commitment that we have to those people? So that's been, I think, one of the biggest challenges and biggest worries. Uh, we've been successful thus far and we've maintained it, but it's, I read an interview with, it might've actually been on a Conscious Capitalism podcast, but I read an interview or listened to an interview with a, with a, a business owner who said, yeah, that, that, that anxiety never goes away, that fear never goes away. And uh, that wasn't necessarily heartening, but it was, it seems to be true. But that really has been the, like, one of the biggest worries. The, you know, there are sort of, I guess, broader existential worries that exist, especially around sort of the consolidation of power by some companies that are not particularly interested in supporting community. That has sort of been a trend. And so fighting against that trend is part of what we do. You know, that is a sort of existential threat that or concern or fear Mm. that I have. Uh, But in a more narrow sense, I think on the day to day, that's the thing that sort of I'm focused on. Mm. So 
Finally then, to wrap up, tell me a little bit about your plans, both personally and professionally. I'm not going to say predict 10 years. I'm not. I normally say five or 10 as the old, you know, adage goes, but five years, should we say? Let's say five years because the world is crazy at the moment. And uh, I think five years is more than enough. Tell me about your plans personally and professionally. So my personal plans, I, I when I came on as executive director of ICA in 2013, my plan was I'm going to get this organization up to a, a place where it kind of, it reaches a plateau or a, a point where it's stable and secure. And I don't think we're quite there yet. And so from a professional standpoint, the things that I would say is we really, we really have two <laughs> strategies at ICA. They're about creating networks of companies that are designed to transform industries where jobs are frankly pretty bad. So our work in that is in the childcare, the home care and the alternative and the staffing sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, over the next five years, we want to be seeing sort of meaningful transformation in those industries. Um, and what does that mean? That means more people, significantly more people who have, are paid a living wage, because most people in those industries are not paid a living wage, yeah. have access to meaningful benefits. Hopefully the government solves some of those problems for us, but in the absence of a sort of a governmental solution that folks are able to access benefits and retirement and to pay time off and control over their schedules. These are the things that we want to be doing. So it's about building these institutions that can have a meaningful impact on that beyond just a firm, but around sort of making a, a shift with Within, within the um, within the sector. The other key piece is when we think about our work in the sort of our public-private work that we're doing um, around um, employee ownership, the way that we really think about this is there are literally millions of business owners who are going to be looking at retirement in the next few years, and far too few of them think about their employees when they think about their exit. So one of our professional goals, like this is a goal for the organization, but mine in particular, is that a much, much larger percentage of folks our uh, business owners are thinking about their exit plan in a meaningful and proactive way and are thinking about employee ownership as part of that. It's not the right answer for everyone, but it's the right answer for far more people than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really the changes that I want to see sort of the impact uh, for ICA. On a personal level, um, one of my, my goals in the next five years is last summer, we did a, a pretty major remodel um, of our kitchen nothing structural, but a lot of a lot of work. And I did a lot of that work. And so would love to figure out how to do more of that stuff so that we can, you know, be be a be a better carpenter is really the, the objective on a personal level. Oh amazing. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. So. We must uh, put you in contact with uh, Gavin Watson, who is the chair of Conscious Capitalism. He's an incredible man who has um built many, many boats. So ah. what, what he can't do with wood isn't worth <laughs> talking about, to be honest with you. Uh Dave, it's been so good speaking to you today thank you so much for your time uh, how can people find out a little bit more about the ICA group get in touch with you for example do you have a website social media that sort of thing yeah so our website is icagroup.org and that's the best place to, to reach us we we are on Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram but the best way to find out about the work that we do and for a listing of me and all the other staff at ICA is to visit our website at icagroup.org fantastic thank you so much for your time it is so appreciated and uh, yeah if you want to get in touch check out the website Dave thank you so much for your time thank you so much it was my pleasure thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest installment of the curious capitalist 
For more information, you can visit the website, connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.